Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, glory to God. Tonight, um, I'm going to give you a disclaimer to start with. Before we ever left here to go to California, the Lord had already put this you know, on, uh, on my heart, uh, what we're going to be talking about. And we got out there, and one of the speakers out there, I'm thinking, why are you taking my message? But you know, it always comes out differently, so that's okay. So if you happen to watch any of those services, you may recognize a little bit of this, but that's okay. You need to hear it again, apparently. He went and told me two weeks before that, you know, about, about getting this together. So uh, we're just going to go with it. But tonight, you know, we're going to put a title on it right now. And it's Believers or Receivers. Believers are receivers. You know, uh, you've got the DNA of God on the inside of you. And his DNA says you believe. Go with me to Galatians 2, verse 20. Hallelujah. Galatians 2 and verse 20. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You have the the faith of God on the inside of you. And if you have the faith of God on the inside of you, you're a believer. And if you're a believer, you are a receiver. You are. They go hand in hand. You know, if, if you didn't believe that Jesus is Lord and that he died for you, you would never have received salvation. You had to believe it, but then you had to receive it. You know, there's a lot of people who will say, oh, I believe in Jesus, I believe in God, but they won't, but they won't receive him as Lord and Savior. Tells me they don't really believe it. But you and I, there are so many things that God wants for us. He wants us to be receivers of every good thing that he's got for us. He wants more for us than we have any idea. The the extreme ways he wants to bless us are, are, are beyond our imagination. It doesn't say over in Ephesians that he, he wants to bless us abund- exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think. But, you know, what he wants to do is one thing, but what you're able to receive is something else. And we have to put ourselves in a position to receive what he's got for us. I mean... He's got all these wonderful things. Why not just believe it and receive it? But that's where we are. There's, there's so many things in the, in the word that we, we're told that we can receive. How about atonement? Remission of sins? Forgiveness? An abundance of grace? A reward? We could receive edification. We can receive his promises. We can receive adoption. We can receive an inheritance. We can receive a crown of glory. We can receive power. We can receive mercy. We can receive the word. There are so many things we can receive. And that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg. It's just, it's, just, it's just the beginning of things. 
But you started it off when you believed for salvation and you received salvation. If you're a spirit-filled believer, then you believed it and you received it. You know, growing up in a Pentecostal church, you know, all my life, you know, we, we, we had this, nobody really knew how you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Nobody really understood it. You know, it was hold on, let go, give in, all this, all this stuff. And you just didn't, I mean, you kind of got it by accident. You know, you really didn't, nobody could ever really tell me how you do this. You know, you want to, you, well, you hang your tongue out. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, we didn't really, fi- couldn't really figure it out. And then I started hearing somebody in the Word of Faith movement talk about receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That it's a gift. And if God's giving you a gift, if anybody gives you a gift, what do you do? You take it. And they began to tell me that it's a gift and you receive it the same way you receive salvation. You believe that it belongs to you. You open your mouth as an act of faith and begin to speak what's already on the inside. Because you have to understand that when God said he, he, put, he, he put that in there, when you asked in faith, he put that in there. Now you've just got to connect your mouth to what's already here and just let go with it. And, when, and I heard that and I thought, it can't be that easy. Can't be. But it is. It is really that simple. And so, you know, I struggled for a long time, you know, with that. And then, you know, we were getting ready to move to Ramah. We were on our way home. We'd gone out, gone out to Tulsa to look for an apartment because I said, I am not leaving my house and taking my two kids out there without knowing where I'm going. You know, that's real faith now, wasn't it? I hear all these stories about how people just loaded up their stuff and went to Tulsa, you know, and, and they just believed God to find something to live in when they got there. I'm sorry, that was not me. I I wanted to know where I was going. But on the way home from Tulsa, you know, we we had gotten there, I don't know, on a, a, late on a, did we leave on a Thursday and we drove it straight through? And uh, we were there, we were looking at apartments on Friday, we went to the, to Rayma's graduation happened to be the Friday we were there. We went there. We went back to the apartment that we decided on on Saturday, you know, and, and signed some paperwork and, and then hit the road Saturday night. And we drove through the night to get back home. And he's asleep in the car. And, and I'm driving. And somewhere along the back roads of Mississippi, in the middle of the night, I said, now, Lord, I, 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 can't, I can't do this without some help. And I know my help is with the Holy Ghost. And I know I need to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And I have been told that it's really simple. That all I have to do is ask and believe that I have received and open my mouth and begin to speak. And that's what I'm going to do. And do you know, it happened. Just like that, it happened. You know, somebody, it was, it was wonderful that somebody had just explained to me, it's just a gift. And you just have to receive it. But I had to believe that in order to receive it. You know, and so we, we're, we're equipped to receive because we're believers. God has made us to be believers. And, and it's the foundation of everything in our whole lives is to receive what we believe. And so this is kind of when we kind of break this down into a couple of different areas 
you know, but, you know, you see, you know, in the word, you know, you see stories of people who received something from God because they believed. You see over in, in uh, Mark, the 10th chapter, the, the story of blind Bartimaeus who cried out, you know, to the Lord. And when he came to him, he said, what do you want? He said, I, I, I want to receive my sight. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. He believed it. He received it. The woman with the issue of blood, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the... She was declaring what she was believing. And when she touched the hem of his garment, she was healed. And he had turned around and looked, who? People were everywhere. Nobody was believing but her. And so nobody received but her. And then along the way, he's on his way to Jairus' house. When this woman touched him and he stopped everything you know, to, 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 to talk to her and to find out, you know, that her story and everything. Can you imagine, you know, how some of us would have been? Jairus is like, hey, I'm on a mission. I need Jesus to come. My little girl is sick and I need him to get there and I need him to go now. And now we've been interrupted by this lady. I need you to come. Jesus looked at him when they came and said, your daughter's dead. Just looked at him and said, ah, just believe, just believe. Just believe. And when they got to his house, his daughter was raised up. He received healing for his daughter. He believed and he received. Numerous, numerous, you know, examples of it all through the New Testament, you know, that we see. You know, and, and it just, it, it goes together. If you believe, you will receive. Why do we not receive? Because we don't believe. We really don't believe it. When we go around with our needs not met and we look at the word and he said, I'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We see that verse and we see our needs and our needs aren't met. And we're just going, why? Because we really don't believe it. We really don't. Our bodies are are racked with pain and we can't seem to get any relief. Why? Because we really don't believe it. I mean, that just cuts right down to the chase here. We, do we really believe it? If we really believe it, we will receive it, and it will be seen. We will, it will, the evidence will be there that we have believed and we have received. You know, we can, we, can look at, we can look at healing scriptures all day long, but if you don't really believe it for you, you know, I, I see sometimes that people are, are very quick to say, I believe for somebody else, but it's harder when it's them, you know, when it's for themselves, that it becomes an issue. You know, the enemy is always playing with your head. He's always telling you that, you know, you don't do this good enough and you don't do that good enough and you don't, you know, there, there's, there's a constant warfare going on in your head that you have to learn to set aside and say, I don't care, you know, what it looks like. I don't care. I believe the word of God is true. I believe that it's true for me. I believe that it belongs to me. And when you get to that place, you become a receiver because then it, it really is made manifest in your life. You know, Matthew thirteen fifty eight. It, it talks about the fact that they, these people did not receive because of their unbelief. And sometimes we just have to get to the place where we just have to be honest with ourselves that my problem is I just don't really believe it. I really don't. And then do something about it. Don't just stay there. 
do something about it. Now, I understand there's times when, you know, the devil's playing with your head and you're just having to stand your ground. Now, I know that. But there are times when if you really check on the inside of you, you're really not convinced that this belongs to you. You're not really convinced. But you know, Hebrews talks about the fact that we have to believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You know, and it comes down to how much are we seeking him? How much are we, of the word are we putting on the inside of us? How much are we meditating on that word? I mean, are we, are we doing what, what it says over in the Old Testament about not letting it depart from in front of our eyes, that we put it deep on the inside of our hearts? Are we really doing that? You know, you have to get to a place where you're convinced. I mean, if somebody came, out, came up to you and told you tomorrow when the sun comes out finally that the sky is not blue, what would you do? You'd say, you are crazy. There are times when, when the every, everything is screaming at us that the word of God is not true, and you have to look at, at, at whatever that is and say, that's crazy because it is true. The word of God is true. And you have to get to a place where you are totally so convinced of it that you cannot be convinced otherwise. This is, this is, this is what it is. This is what I'm having. This is what's mine. I don't, I don't care what the circumstances or the, or the symptoms are screaming at me. I know the word of God is true. And when we get to that place, we will receive what we have already asked of him. The believer in us will say, mine, and we'll take it, and we'll go with it. You know, so why don't other times people don't receive? Well, uh, sometimes we don't ask right. Sometimes we ask amiss. Sometimes we're asking for the wrong thing. Sometimes we're asking for something with not the right heart, the right, not the right motive, the not, not the right attitude. You know, so we have to, to deal with that. If there's an issue with receiving and you really think, I really believe this, then you better go back and find out. Where's the holdup? Where is the, the kink, so to speak, in the hose? Because God's blessings will flow. You know, so we have to look at that. Uh, James 1 and, and verses 6 to 7 says, says ask, well, let's, let's just go look at it. James 1. Hallelujah. James 1, verses 6 and 7. says, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering, without doubting. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For not, let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. You know, we get in the middle of situations, and today we, we, you know, we're good. We're believing. Tomorrow, eh, not so much. You know, we tend to look at the timing. We tend to look at the circumstances. We tend to look that nothing seems to improve, that nothing's gotten any better, that nothing has changed, and we begin to waver you know, you can't afford to wait. You need to put your feet in the mud, so to speak. Dig, dig in your heels and stay there. Didn't it say, having done all to stand? Stand. Just stand. Just stand. Refuse to be moved by anything. It may take a little bit of time because the enemy's going to fight you. You know, there may be some things going on. You're going to stand. You stand your ground once and for all. Uh, if you look at Mark uh, and Luke both, where it talks about, in fact, is let's go to which one I want. Let's just do, let's just try Mark. Mark 4, because Luke 8 also has the same story 
of the word being sown. Mark 4, verse 6, or six, 16, we'll do 16. And it says, well, I'm starting verse 14. The sower sows the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But having no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time, and afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. You know, there is, there is a, a condition of the heart that we need to always be aware of, that we are making sure we're maintaining good ground for the word to be sown in. You know, sometimes people hear something and they go, man, man, that sounds so good. I just, I'm so excited. And the excitement lasts about 20 feet out the front door. And that's about the sum of it. Well, you can't receive if that's as much as your believing is going to do. Whether it's on stony ground or, or whatever it is, you, you've got to just say, yes, I believe that. You know, get your heart in a place where you just absolutely are totally, 100% sure of what God is talking to you about and what he says belongs to you. And when you do that, you become the receiver that you are supposed to be. I wrote this down. You will not receive unless you believe. And if you believe, you will receive. I mean, that, that's just all there is to it. If you really believe, you really will receive. And so we just have to get to that place where, where we have, have just, just, okay, this is good. You know, I, 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 yeah, I'm, yeah, this is it. I looked over at Psalms 78, verse 41 and 42, and it said that they limited, the children, talking about the children of Israel, that they limited God because they forgot what he had brought them out of. How many times have you and I done the same thing? God has moved just, I mean, in dramatic fashion in our lives at some point or another, and yet here we are faced with a different situation, and we've forgotten what he did for us before. We have forgotten how he moved in our lives. We have forgotten how he supernaturally supplied, supernaturally strengthened, supernaturally did so many things. And when we do that, we limit God's ability to get things to us. We're not on the receiving end anymore. And, uh, and, I, and I just see that, and I, and I think, you know... We, we sometimes judge the children of Israel because of their craziness. I mean, you know, God brings them out. He sends them to their neighbors. Their neighbors in, in Egypt give them all the gold and silver and jewels, and they walk out. You got four million or six million, however many it was, who left Egypt with not one feeble among their tribe. He led them with a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud by day. He parts the Red Sea. He opens the rock and water comes out. Manna comes from heaven, the quails come up, and they turn their backs on God? Are you kidding me? I mean, we give them a hard time. 
How much have we done that? How many times have we done some of the same things? And seeing God move, there's no doubt, but it was God. And yet we come up against something and we're going, (laughs) and we have the biggest pity party ever. There's not going to be any receiving in that kind of a place. None. Absolutely none. Hold your head up. Put your, put your back into it and go, no, no. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did before, he's going to do again. It's mine. You, you, get, you talk yourself you know, out of that craziness and you speak the word of God and you put yourself back in that place where your heart is engaged with the word of God and you will receive. Amen. Uh, like I said, God wants you more blessed than you want yourself blessed. And I, I, just, I just know that there's so many times that we, we failed to realize that it's his heart to give you everything that you need and everything that you desire. It's his heart to see you blessed. It's his heart to see you not do without one good thing. It's his heart because of his goodness that wants you to have everything. You know, and so we just have to get to a place where we understand that we have the life, the nature, the faith of God on the inside of us. We are capable of this. You are capable. When the enemy comes to you, he said, that's, that's out of your league. You are over your head. You, you have to go back and say, oh, no, no, no. The faith of God is on the inside of me. He's put that on the inside of me. His DNA runs through my veins. His blood runs through my veins. His life is what quickens me every day when I wake up. When I open my eyes, his life is what's flowing through me. And his life is what causes me to be the believer that I am. You have to see yourself as the believer that God sees you. See yourself like he sees you and know that you are more than capable. You know, sometimes, you know, I, over the years I've heard, I heard so many times, you know, when I was growing up about how God is able. Listen, God's not just able, God is willing. Until you get past the God is able part and start believing that he's not only able, but he is willing, eager, happy joyfully wanting to do for you and give to you, that's when it becomes believing to you. That's when it's easy to become the believer he wants you to be. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Now, the second part of this is a real practical aspect of it. Um, There are people who don't receive because... Let me see how I want to word this. Um, Well, let me just put it this way. There are blessings that God wants you to have come into your life, but he's going to have to use people to get it to you. He's going to have to use somebody to get it in your hands. He's going to have to use somebody to be there, to be your advocate, somebody that maybe will show favor to you. He's going to have to use people. You know, God doesn't just counterfeit things. He doesn't counterfeit money. He doesn't counterfeit blessings. But he's, he uses other people 
to get things to you. And you can't have the attitude of, oh, no, 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 I, I couldn't take that. See, I was raised with a real work ethic, that you work for everything you get. You know, today we live in a society where every commercial and, and many people think that, well, I deserve this. I, I deserve it. No, I don't, I don't need to work for it. I deserve, I deserve Get the insurance that you deserve. You deserve it if you pay for it. Get, get the home that you deserve. If I pay for it. I live in a nice home right now, but let me tell you, it's not the first house I owned. It's the fourth house I've owned. And every time I've, we've stepped up into a new, to another level of, of house, you know, with each, with each progression. We didn't start out with this kind of house that we have now. We started out with a trailer. And there's nothing wrong with trailers. Nothing wrong with mobile homes. But then God moved us to a regular standalone house. It wasn't, it wasn't the greatest in the world, but it was our first house. I loved that house. It was a great house. We, we actually had an opportunity to go into it about a year ago. We, went, we were just driving by our old house, the first actual home that we had ever owned, and we just drove it and just wanted to see what the neighborhood had kind of, you know, kind of declined a little bit. But this house that we had owned was the nicest-looking house in the neighborhood. And I was just like, you know, I, I remember that house with great fondness. We didn't own it but a couple of years before we left to go to Rama, And then we came back from Rama. We were in it two months before we moved over here. So, I mean, it was a short-term house. Owned it another couple of years, and then we sold it and then bought the first house here in, in the High Springs area. But, but, you know, we're driving by slowly. You know, you kind of wonder... You know, if somebody's looking out the window, which this man was looking out the window, and I'm thinking, he, does he think we're casing the joint or something? You know, what? And, and he came out the front door. You know, we saw some things that, some things that they had done. You know, they closed the, the carport and, and, and made another room out of it and had done a few other things. And, and uh, it looked great. Then he came out, and Pastor just hollered out the window. He says, oh, that's, you know, we're, 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 just, we're just looking at it. We used to live here. And so he came right to the car. And he came up to the car, and, and we got to talking. And he goes, well, come in. My wife will be really excited to meet you. We've always wanted to meet some people who, who actually lived in this house before us. We're going, no, you don't want us to come in. Oh, yeah, I want you to come in. I want you to come in. My wife was going to be thrilled. So we went in. And come to find out, this man had been in the ministry. He raised four kids in that house. He, they, they had just retired not too long before. The house inside was, I mean, like, oh, man, she is my kind of housekeeper. I mean, it was gorgeous. Her grandkids, four grandkids had just left just an hour before. And this house was like, I mean, it was in great shape. I thought, yes, honey, you are my kind of girl. And, and, and we looked around. And the house, I looked around and I thought, oh, my house, this, this house is a lot smaller than what I remember it being. But to me, it was a mansion. You know, when we moved into it, it was great. It was a great house. I mean, they had some, they had some of the original stuff in the, in the kitchen still. The original stove was there. Well, Wall oven, the original, you know, cooktop, the original countertops. I'm going, oh my word, this is like major flashback, you know. And they knew, and, and they were in the head in the ministry, and they knew people that we knew. It was like, man, this is awesome. But I say, why did I get off of that story? Sorry, rabbit trail. But anyway, you know, that was, that was first. The next house we moved up higher. The next house we moved up higher. Then the, the current house we moved up higher. You know, God wants you to get blessed, but, you know, God's going to bring you along 
but you have to be in a place to receive. And people will be involved in this. Do you understand? People will be involved. People sometimes who are consciously involved in your, in your blessing, and there are people who will be unconsciously involved in your blessing. That particular house, this man, just a heathen, just an absolute heathen. But he got it in his head. He wanted to sell this house so he could put money into a business. And as it turned out, when all was said and done, because he had some liens against him that got paid when he sold us the house, he wound up with nothing. But I'm thinking, well, God blessed us. You know, we got a great house out of this. So let's say somebody, sometimes people don't know they're being a blessing to you. But they are. They are. Sometimes they'll do something that is just like, why would you even, why would you even do that? It's okay. Listen, I, I, some, I like something I heard another pastor say one time. He said, there is someone out there who's anointed to meet your need. There's an anointing on somebody out there to meet your need and to bless you. There's an anointing on them to do that, whether they're born again, whether they're not, whether they're conscious of it, whether they're not. And so you can't have an attitude, oh, oh, no, no, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't possibly. You know, because of my father put such a work ethic in the inside of me, you know, this whole saying, well, I couldn't receive charity. It's not charity when it comes from God, it's blessing. So stop looking at it that way. It's not charity, it is the blessing of the Lord. And when you start looking at it that way, it's easier to receive. You know, and, and I mean, over the years, I've had, I've had people, you know, who have blessed us with different things. And, and what's hard for me is that I like to be the blesser. And so when it, when it turns around, you know, and somebody's blessing me, sometimes it's harder for me to, to receive that. Because I want to do the blessing, you know. And... Um, Listen, there is a God part of this thing, and there's a man part of this thing. When God does his part and he supplies the person or the, the avenue of blessing to you, you have to receive it as part of the transaction. The transaction won't be complete if you don't accept the blessing. And so you have to get to that place where you don't try to go, oh, no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't. Stop that. If it's a person trying to bless you, then you have to believe that God put that on the inside of them, that desire to bless you. Don't cheat them out of a blessing by refusing to accept what God's told them to give. Don't cheat them. Because God wants to put it in your hand. Why? Just just because... Sometimes it's not even something you've been believing God for, but it's just a real spectacular blessing. It's okay. Don't worry where it comes from. Don't worry who it, who it comes from. I've had times when somebody wanted to give me something and I knew they didn't have it to give. And it was, it was hard. It was hard to take. But when you step back and you go, Lord, I believe that you told them to do this, and even though I don't think they can afford to do this, I will gladly receive the blessing that they're offering me. 
you know, you, you, you have to get to that place. You, you, don't, you don't look at the circumstances. You, whatever you might know about that person, good, bad, or indifferent, and sometimes God will use people that you would never have dreamed. It's easy to receive when, when you think the IRS owes you money. It's easy to receive when you think the insurance company overcharged you and you're getting the money back. But when you know somebody who's already struggling financially comes up to you and puts money in your hand, it, that's hard. But you know what? We have to learn to be a good receiver as well as a good giver. Because, you know, this, the same scriptures that we go to every, almost every Sunday, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 it says, God is able, verse 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. God is able to make all these things come to you, but you have to be willing to receive them. Now, don't expect certain people to be the source of your blessing. You think, well, you don't need to say that. Yes, I do. Don't expect certain people to be the source of your blessing. You leave the source of your blessing up to God. I had a lady come to me several years ago, and uh, she left the church over this, by the way. She came to me several years ago and was telling me about this particular need. And so I had, you know, I was talking to her about it, you know, some, a way that this, this could work. And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. God told me that you were supposed to bless me with this. And I'm going, he didn't tell me that. You don't, don't ever assume that your blessing's coming from a particular place or a particular person. She got mad, left the church, because I didn't agree with her that God told me to bless her with X amount of dollars. Well, I think God's going to tell me first before he tells her. I think it's wisdom on God's part to tell the giver to give before he tells the receiver who's it, who it's coming from. And so she got really upset, you know, and, and she, you know, I mean, that was her, that was her impetus for leaving. But, he, you know, when anybody blesses you with anything, there, there's two ways. You, know, you, can, you can be such a good receiver that it looks almost like you're being arrogant. Don't do that. Be genuinely thankful. Be genuinely thankful for anything anybody blesses you with. And if somebody blesses you with something, don't forget to say thank you to, to God and to them. It's, it's tough to be a giver when nobody ever says thank you. I mean, I realize that, you know, our thanks comes from God. When God impresses me to give something to somebody, you know, my reward comes from him, not from that person. And pastors had to remind me over the years, you know, with, with certain, certain events that have taken place where we sowed into somebody and they wasted everything we gave them. Wasted it. And, he's, and I'm just so mad. I mean, here they had a need. You give them something to help meet that need. And they, instead of using it on their need, go out and do something stupid with it. And he's going, just let it go. Just let it go. We did what God told us to do. And we're not responsible with what they did with it. Once he told us, once it, once it left our hands, that's it. You know, so, so don't, don't go there. You know, you can keep us from receiving the blessing that was on that. I'm going, okay, okay, I, I got you, I got you. But here's the other thing. You just need to be just gracious in your receiving when somebody's blessing you. Why? You don't want to stop the flow. 
If God's blessing you with something in particular, just say, thank you, Lord. And, and know that that is part of what he's doing. You give, you receive, you give, you receive, you give, you receive. Don't, re- don't expect all the time that you're giving that it's all meant just for you. Sometimes what God is blessing you with from somebody else is meant to be channeled to somebody else. Don't stop the flow. You always need to stop and say, okay, Lord, you know, is this for me to keep or is this for me to sow? Many times something's come into my hand that I turned right around and gave away to somebody else. And so you need, to, you need to know that. But when we learn to be receivers, then there's a flow that gets started in our lives that this might be a little thing, but next week it might be bigger. And the next week it might be bigger. And the next week it might be bigger. And the next week it might be bigger. Learn to receive what God sends your way, no matter how big, no matter how small. Uh, just keeping our hearts right in there. You know, it's... Um, it, just, just in tithes and offerings, you know, if you're not careful, you can get to, to a place where you just throw your money in the basket without any expectation. And the expectation is what puts us in, a, in the position to receive from God. So don't ever put money in an offering just because, well, you know, it's Sunday. You know, I need the buckets going by. I need to put something in. No, you put it in with an expectation that you're giving, and there is on the other end of this, transaction is receiving. And the more you give, the more you receive. The more you give, the more you receive. The more you give, the more you receive. But you be careful and cautious and ready to receive. Don't turn somebody's eyes. I know there's a lot of you who are just, I mean, you live to give. But you can't keep your giving up if you don't learn to receive. God wants you to, to have the reward of that transaction on the giving end. You receive so that you're so blessed you can turn around and do it again. Isn't that what it says over in Second Corinthians? It says... God is able to make all grace abound to you so you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. That means you have a supply for every good thing that comes along. Every need that comes your way. Every need that you see that you're impressed to give to. You have a supply because you have learned to receive. You can't be that supply that you need to be if you don't learn to receive when God sends it your way. Hallelujah. Um, Well. Hallelujah. I think that's it. I think I covered it all, at least for the moment. But, you know, it's it's funny, you know, that, um, that sometimes you have to remind people that when God uses other people, don't back up, don't shy away, don't try to be humble, just be grateful and thankful and appreciative of the fact that God used that person, that God wanted to bless you and he used them. You know, maybe you'll be the blesser to somebody else and who would th- who will look at you and go, I never would have believed that God would have used that person. Sometimes, you know, we, we find ourselves in those places, 
you know, where God tells us to bless somebody that ordinarily we would not want to bless. But, you know, the Word talks about blessing those, blessing people, doing good for them. But you just learn to be a receiver. You know that you are, you are, you are God's child. He wants you blessed. He wants you blessed above and beyond anything you can ask or think. He wants you so blessed that you always have a supply to give to anybody who comes along. If God puts it on your heart to reach in your pocket and take out a $100 bill to give to somebody, you've got it. Maybe because somebody just gave it to you after you tithe, don't it? You have to add 10 more dollars to it to get to that 100 But uh, But he wants you to be in a place for you to receive things from people without... Without this hesitation. And I just felt like some people just needed to understand. I mean, I, mean, I, have, been, I have been the, the postman, you know, around here a lot of times. You know, for somebody hands me an envelope and says, would you pass this on to so-and-so? And I'm saying, sure, I'd be. And, and I've had more times than when people look at me and go, I'll say, somebody wanted me to give this to you to bless you. And they look at me like, why? I mean, why would anybody want to give me anything? And I'm going, because God told them to? Because God wants you to have it? You know, what? Learn to be a good receiver. And then turn around and be a good giver, too. You, you, you be the conduit, the, the, the channel that keeps, that keeps this thing going. Don't ever just take it and just use it all up on you. It's not all for you. There's, there's wisdom available to you when you talk to God about it, about what to do with this. Is it bread for food or is it seed to sow? And so the more seed you sow, the more you get in the ground. Be careful about what you sow. You be led by God. Be led by God so you don't waste what he's given you. Because sometimes, you know, just to, to meet somebody's need... Is a waste. We're an enabler sometimes, and so just be careful with that. I um, had a thought that ran through my head right then about something. Um, God will let you. There, there are times when I think God just lets us just be a blessing, just because we just want to be. But there are specific times I know where God's put something on your heart to do, to, to, to give to something or somebody. And when those times, when those specific times come, there's a reason for it. There is a receiving transaction that will go with that, but you have to be willing to do it. But you just, you just be the receiver that God wants you to be because you are a believer, if you really believe that he is here to bless you, you just look at everything that comes your way with, a, with an open, open heart and a grateful heart, a thankful heart. Amen? Hallelujah. Because believers are receivers. And if you don't believe it, you won't receive it. Let's just say that. Let's just say that again. You will not receive unless you believe. And if you believe, you will receive. So... Uh, you know, just keep these things in mind. It just is always good to, to be reminded of, of areas like this on the spiritual side, as faith side, as well as the natural side. Don't be embarrassed about the blessings that God puts in your life. 
If God's blessing you, you don't have to go around bragging to everybody. But when you have an opportunity to share that God's just been good to you, that's, that's great. You know, it it's all kind of depends on how it comes out, you know, as to how people will perceive it. You know, there, there are people in my own family that, that I, don't, I don't ever tell, talk to about how, how blessed we are because they, they can't handle it. They, they, they're jealous, envious, um, think that somehow I, that makes us like goody two-shoes or, or more spiritual than them or whatever. But at the same time, you know, there, there are certain people you just, you, just don't, you just don't even talk to about it. But I tell you, you get an opportunity to tell somebody how blessed you are and how God has blessed you and taken care of you, watched over you, and supernaturally provided things for you, that's an awesome testimony to them. And we don't need to be ashamed of how good God's been to us. We don't need to be ashamed of how blessed God has been to us. We need to, we need to be able to share with people that's the kind of God we serve. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.